This is Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene right here in Singapore. Episode 6, Zeng Your Coffee Part 2. In the previous episode, we looked at ways that you can upgrade your coffee experience at home, specifically if you're a home barista pulling espresso shots and specifically looking at the big ticket items, namely the coffee machine and the coffee grinder. But what if you don't want to spend that much money? Well, then we're going to talk about some of those little upgrades that you can make at home for low to even no cost but could be significant upgrades nonetheless because remember when we're dealing with espresso, even small changes can make a big difference in the end result. Now, as a reminder, the three categories of upgrades that we were talking about were the ones that we covered, first of all, last week, the big upgrades, and then the second category, small component part upgrades that you can make specifically to your espresso machine because you can swap out little parts or you can buy little accessories. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And the last category has to do mainly with things that you do with the way that you that you prepare your espresso with your entire workflow, right? So that it's not about going out and spending more money. So in the interest of time, let's hop right into it. What upgrades can you make to your component parts of the espresso machine or little accessories that you can buy in order to zeng your coffee experience? The first thing that I would suggest is the most expensive suggestion on this entire episode, and that is to buy a new portafilter. But not just any portafilter or any kind of portafilter. I'm thinking specifically of what's known as a bottomless or a naked portafilter. Uh, it's simply a portafilter that has no spout at the bottom, unlike the ones that came with your coffee machine. And why you want to do that is because these bottomless portafilters are essentially training tools. They are something that cafes would use to train their baristas or that even the seasoned baristas would use to train. And it's quite simple because you'll notice that whenever you take the basket out of the portafilter, the spouts are really just doing the job of funneling the coffee that comes through the basket, right? Through the holes at the bottom of the basket. And then it's just directing them, just channeling them down into the spouts. In that sense, the spouts are not doing very much at all but they also help to cover up some of your mistakes. Because once you observe the, the portafilter basket, you notice that it's got many little holes and you might start to wonder what's going on inside of your portafilter when the coffee is extracted. Does all of the coffee, coffee come down through all of the holes and then it just like channels down in one great waterfall, much like some kind of shower, waterfall shower hit? And the answer is no. With a proper extraction, the coffee will indeed first start to come out through all of the holes, but then it will gather together into one stream eventually. And it's a beautiful thing to observe, which is another reason why you should consider a bottomless portafilter, because then you get to observe this. Very chill, very, very nice to look at. But with a proper extraction, all of the coffee will come through and then it will gather together into a spout, like like a natural kind of spout thing. And then it will just have a nice single stream of coffee. Um, but of course, that's when you have a proper extraction. And that's why this is used, a bottomless portafilter is used as a training tool for baristas. Um, when you don't have proper extraction, it will not come out through in one stream. It might spurt and, and, and just shoot off anywhere. And uh, sometimes there are even dead spots at the bottom of the portafilter where you will just have these low bungs and and you won't see the coffee coming through those holes or, or the area surrounding those holes. So a bottomless portafilter 
then becomes a very useful diagnostic tool. It helps you know, because it's so brutal, it doesn't cover up any of your mistakes. It helps you know immediately whether there's something wrong with your shot preparation, with your technique and stuff like that, because you will see it. You will see both the good and the bad of your, your technique as a barista. And because it's so unforgiving and so unvarnished in its presentation, um, you can immediately tell if there was something wrong, even down to the way that you distribute, even down to the way that you tamp your shot. Because of a bottomless portafilter, when I do my own shots at home, I can immediately see if something has gone wrong. And then I can think about what it was, investigate it, and try to, to rectify that. So in the long run, it's going to make you a better barista. And in that sense, it is therefore worth paying the money. Again, I just want to state up front that this is the most expensive suggestion that I'll make this episode. It will cost you maybe around $100 to $120. But remember, at the end of the day, it's just the portafilter without the spouts. So if you happen to be very good with tools, you have the tools, you're very comfortable with them. I know it's not a very common thing right here in Singapore. But if you are, I have read on forums that people will just take their existing portafilter and then they will just shave the spouts right off because that's all a bottomless portafilter is. However, if you don't have the means to convert an existing portafilter into a bottomless one, then just go ahead and buy. Um, my first bottomless portafilter, because remember, I, I changed machines. So um, you need it to fit your particular basket. You may not really notice this, uh, but when you're looking at the group head of your espresso machine, the design is slightly different from machine to machine and that's a little bit unfortunate. So you do want to get your research done properly and make sure that if you are buying a, a bottomless portafilter that it confirm guarantee plus chop fits your particular machine. My previous machine, I managed to get the bottomless portafilter from a UK website called Happy Donkey. I know, very weird name. Uh, don't worry, it's nothing dodgy there. Happydonkey.co.uk, I believe. And that's where I could get it. Um, but then when I got to, when I changed machines, then that bottomless portafilter did not fit the new machine and I had to get a new one. I can't remember where I got this one from, but I do know that it is possible to get a bottomless portafilter. It's becoming increasingly common nowadays. I can see some people on carousel selling. I can see a few like websites that are selling bottomless portafilters and they will state which machine is good for but it will cost you uh, between $100 to $120. Um, for aesthetic reasons, this is also a good opportunity to buy a portafilter with a wooden handle if you don't already have one, just you know, purely for aesthetic reasons. And I'm not here to judge. I want to say upfront that I am also susceptible to the charms of having wooden handles on my accessories and whatnot. You know, my temper has a nice wooden handle. I much prefer that to a completely stainless steel temper. But anyway, that's a side point. We want to really focus in on the functional improvements that you can make, the genuine tingness of your coffeeness for this episode, right? So a bottomless pot filter, wholeheartedly recommend that. Other upgrades that you might want to consider making to your coffee machine would include the basket and the shower screen. Now, I, I just want to say that these are a little bit more contentious and I'm not entirely convinced myself. And I'm saying that even as someone who has so-called upgraded his um, upgraded his portafilter basket. Uh, but these are very, very small, cheap upgrades. How small and how... Okay, I don't need to tell you how small. But how cheap are these upgrades? The coffee basket, you could upgrade it to an IMS uh, or a Pasado. I, I think it's the same company. Anyway, you could upgrade the basket to an IMS basket for $35. You could upgrade it to a VST. That's a different manufacturer. A VST basket 
uh, for $50. And these are known, these are both known as precision baskets. So uh, one thing that you'll notice uh, about these baskets versus the baskets that your machine came with is that these tend to be more cylindrical in shape. The, the walls of these baskets run straight down. Um, and that's supposed to ensure greater uniformity in your extraction, which is always a more desirable thing when it comes to espresso. The other thing that they claim is that the size and the spacing of the holes in the basket are much, much more precise. Now, I, I cannot really verify this. There have been videos that I've seen online that try to show this by shining a light through and then they're saying that you can see that the torch light is a more even distribution of light. Maybe it makes a difference, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it makes a difference and I just can't taste it because I'm simple and unrefined like that. But in any case, especially if you're considering buying a bottomless portafilter already, that may not come with a basket, then this is a good time to consider getting a, an extra basket and you could spend a little bit more on one of these so-called precision baskets. The other advantage that these uh, baskets have, that buying a new basket in any case has, is that you could vary the size of the basket because the, the baskets are actually rated for different quantities of coffee. So if you like your so-called double shot to be a bit on the stronger side, I confess, my so-called double shot is always 18 to 19 grams. And yes, I know, according to traditional metrics, that would be closer to a triple shot because traditionally it's seven grams of coffee, uh, of ground coffee for a single shot. And so times three, you get 21 grams. Um, but this is also an opportunity where you could play around with some of those variables. So again, it's not a terribly expensive upgrade. And the other upgrade that you could make, which is um, not super expensive, would be to change out the screen. In the previous episode, we I think we talked about cleaning your coffee machine and uh, that includes taking the screen from the group head out so that you could clean it because it really does accumulate a lot of gunk and so you totally want to clean it. Uh, but again, on the same on the same line of thinking, the same train of thought as that whole precision basket mindset, there are precision screens, and uh, these can be purchased for around forty dollars. So again, not terribly expensive, and maybe even quite worth it, especially if you haven't cleaned your screen in a very very long time and you just want something that is completely new and, and nice and clean, or you purchase your machine secondhand, forty bucks. Now, all of these three components, the bottomless portafilter, filter, the precision uh, baskets, the precision shower screens, you can get all these locally and I am going to recommend you one particular place and it's just called Espresso Cups. Espresso Cups. I'll put the link in the description. I'm not getting any commission. I'm not getting any benefits to say this whatsoever, uh, but I'm recommending him because I think that he's a lesser known business. Uh, the, sorry, the, the guy's name is Martin. And I think that his business is a lesser known business, but uh, I purchased you know one component from him. I've got friends who have purchased a few components from him. And very recently, I even see that Highlander Coffee is selling some of the cups that Martin that Martin stocks. So I hope that you will patronize this guy. The shop is by appointment only. I think it's located somewhere in the McPherson area. It's been a while, um, but but he's a really, really upright guy. And he's got tons of other accessories and component parts. But I just do hope that you would, con- if you're considering any of these upgrades, please go check out Martin's website, Espresso Cups, and consider supporting him. And finally, we come to the low to no cost options of how to zeng your coffee. This mainly has to do with your workflow. We're going to talk about it in three segments. The first is really much more about workflow. The second has to do with storage. And the last is a little additive that you can add to your coffee to improve the taste of it. So first, workflow. At the risk of insulting your intelligence, have you checked with your manufacturer or consulted your instruction manual or talked to the person who sold you the machine on how to use your machine? 
And I ask this because there are two key steps that are very often neglected when it comes to dealing with coffee with espresso machines. The first has to do with warm-up time. Different coffee machines have different warm-up times and it's easy to forget that, especially when you are upgrading from an entry-level espresso machine into a mid-range or even a prosumer-level espresso machine. One of the big changes that I found was um, my very, very, very first espresso machine, which was like a hundred and something dollars, it had a very short warm-up time. The second espresso machine also had a decently short warm-up time. They told me that I should power on the machine and put it like on standby mode kind of thing for a few minutes. But then when I upgraded to my third coffee machine, shock horror, it has a 15-minute warm-up time. Now, this really affects my workflow in the morning, right? Because when I wake up in the morning, I want to be able to pull a shot of espresso before I get on with the rest of my day. But then I have 15 minutes that I need to switch on the machine and let it warm up. Because really, if it doesn't have that warm-up time, it's not going to produce coffee like it's supposed to. Um, I have a simple workaround for this. Uh, my friend also has something similar. We just buy one of those those uh, power plug, the, the switches, right? The, the wall adapters that you can set on a timer. My friend bought a mechanical one, so he just sets it so that it powers up at the same time every morning. I decided to go for a slightly fancier version, which is like a smart device thing, and it connects to my home Wi-Fi, and then I can tell it to you know, power on at different times of the day, even when I'm coming home uh, before all the circuit breaker, when I'm on the way home, I can power up the machine so that it has those 15 minutes to warm up. But all this comes down to checking your instruction manual or checking the manufacturer or what have you. What is the warm up time of your machine? You might have stumbled upon the fact that you are not giving your coffee machine enough time to warm up because you'll find that the first shot or the first few shots that you pull are not so great. And that may have nothing to do with your grind size. It may have nothing to do with your tamping and, and distribution, and all that stuff, but it may have everything to do with warming up. Related to that, very much related to that is the temperature of your group head, which you, which you can manage by having a cooling flush. So this is something for my latest machine, the, the one that I'm currently using. When I bought it, the guys who sold it to me, they advised me that I should always do a cooling flush, especially for my very, very first shot. Um, there are different ways. Again, this is going to be machine specific or manufacturer specific, but it is a good idea. Uh, here's how I do it, right? I grind my coffee. And then as I am doing a distribution, because I use one of those distribution tools, by the way, I forgot to mention that earlier, that is a very simple, you can buy one of those uh, China made ones for I think about $20. That's what I did. And you can, you can take care of the distribution of your coffee before you tamp it. Um, and you can, as I'm doing that distribution, I just let my group head squish out. So I do a, a cooling flush, which just lets water run through the, the, the group head through the shower screen a little bit and that just it evens out the temperature of the group head so that it's not it's not too hot it's not too cold that kind of stuff uh, some some machines this is for the purpose of lowering the temperature hence it's a cooling flush for some machines it's actually to raise the temperature of the group head because it might be too cold in any case this is something that you can do but check with your manufacturer so make sure that you are doing those necessary steps now on to storage. I'm not going to be talking about all the expensive storage jars that you can get. All I would like you to bear in mind is that when it comes to coffee, are you making sure that it's in an airtight container? Just an airtight container. Here's a simple life hack that my friends gave to me because at one point I was, I was obsessing over like, oh, how should I store my coffee? Do I need to buy this thing or that thing that can suck out the air and then vacuum seal it? And then my friends, they were really down to earth and they just said, no, 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 no. 
all we do is that we when we buy the beans, uh, they tend to buy from places that have that sell the coffee beans in those resealable vacuum bags. And hey, you know, you could buy some of those yourself. You could even use Ziplocs, honestly, if you wanted to. But in any case, they just take the bags that they buy the beans in. And these are bags that are that already have a Ziploc seal so they can be resealed. And they happen to use it at a fast enough pace. And really, for most people, you're probably going to be using it fast enough where it doesn't totally matter that you have all these fancy vacuum sealing techniques. And they just make sure that they they just store it there. They just store it there because it's airtight, right? You seal it. And then these things are all, they are not toming law. They are opaque so that there's no light. And of course, they keep it in a place that is cool and dry in a cupboard. Are you storing your coffee beans like that? Are you just making sure that it is away from heat and light and moisture and any external air? Uh, If you take care of that, then your coffee beans will take care of you. It's a simple step, but it's one that is easy to, to neglect in the pursuit of all of the fancy shiny gadgets that you could buy or component parts that you could upgrade. So please don't neglect that. Your storage of your coffee is important because if you don't if you don't store your beans properly, you are not working with with good ingredients. And if you don't have raw ingredients, it really doesn't matter what else you do. Now for the final, final, final thing, uh, which is a little bit of an intellectual curiosity. Have you ever considered adding salt to your coffee? I know it sounds crazy and I suddenly thought that it was ridiculous advice and I threw it straight out the window, not the salt, the advice. I threw it straight out the window the first time I heard about this. But it turns out that there are two good reasons why you should at least consider adding salt, especially if your coffee is not that great to begin with. There are two reasons why you might want to consider adding salt to your coffee drink. The first is that we know that salt is a flavor enhancer. Now, my grinder has recently broken down and so I've had to get uh, someone else to grind my beans, which means that I've got ground coffee sitting around and of course there's more air and so it's going to lose its flavor much faster. As a temporary workaround, I'm going to experiment by, by adding a small pinch of salt, a very, very, very small pinch of salt to my espresso in the meantime um, to try and draw out as much of the flavor that still is there inside of the coffee ground as possible. And the second reason that you might want to consider adding salt to your coffee is when you have an overly bitter extraction. You can actually mitigate bitterness with salt. I learned this from Sami Nosrat, who authored uh, Salt Fat Acid Heat, which is also a pretty cool thing to watch on Netflix. And and when she talks about salt, she points out that there's a simple experiment you could do to prove that this is true, that salt has the ability to mitigate bitterness. Take a grapefruit, any grapefruit. You can even use grapefruit juice. That's how I, I did it because I don't have a grapefruit lying around. Take a grapefruit and sprinkle a little bit of salt onto the grapefruit. Now, you know that grapefruit is bitter and it's sweet. But when you put a bit of salt on, on grapefruit, you'll find that the bitterness is reduced and the sweetness comes through. You, you just taste sweet. It's kind of mind-boggling, but it's true. And this was also confirmed by uh, James Hoffman, who very, very recently happened to put up an episode on his fantastic YouTube channel, which I will also link in the episode description, and that talks about how salt could do this. But he also delves into, into, into a lot of the science about it. And in terms of practical advice, that it is hard to find the right balance, to, to find the right amount of salt to add. So I, I offer this advice to you with some caution that you might want to consider adding salt to your coffee to draw more flavor, to reduce some of the bitter notes in the coffee. But just bear in mind, especially when you're dealing with espresso, 
it's a small quantity of liquid and it, it's very easy to, to get over that tipping point, la, to, to cross that threshold with salt. But what have you got to lose? Especially if you've got, you know, a bitter, bad cup of coffee. What have you got to lose by adding a little bit of salt? And most a bit gammo ni ma. So that's it for this episode. I hope that those tips were really, really helpful for you. I have uh, tried out some of these things for myself and I found that the results surprisingly positive. Um, and, you know, I would love to hear from you. I know that many of you guys who listen are my real life friends. Please let me know how I'm doing with these episodes, whether some of this advice is fascinating to you because you're not an espresso drinker or, or you don't make espresso at home or you are getting into the world of coffee and maybe espresso specifically. I just want to promise you that the next episode, we're going to talk about stuff that doesn't have to do with espresso making at home specifically, right? Because I, I know that's not everybody. But please, I would love to hear from you how I'm doing with this show. Is there anything that you would prefer me to cover? I will certainly try my best to cover it. But in the meantime, it just leaves me to say that once again, music credits for the intro and outro music goes to Leggy Inspired and I will link to that artist in the description. And as always, this has been Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene right here in Singapore. <laughs>